welcome to the nerd party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop. Punch it. Punch that shit. Let's punch it. Everybody, welcome to Punch It, episode 66. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me as always is... Tristan Riddell. How has your week been? We did not talk a whole lot over the last week. We didn't. Yeah, life has kind of gotten in the way. And, uh, you know, like it was a holiday weekend for me and for those who celebrate. And so things were just absolutely crazy, but good, like a good kind of crazy, like surrounded by church and food and fun and family. And uh, it was it was great. I actually... Uh, over the weekend, my grandparents bought my little one, Ripley, who's 14 months old now, a huge kitchen set, like a play kitchen set, uh-huh. you know, like with a microwave and stove and, and, and everything like that. Cause she oh, loves, yeah. She loves playing with fake food. And, Every kid uh, needs one of those, by the way. Right? Right? And it's, oh, this, yeah. it's this beautiful red one. And when they told me that they bought it, I was just like, oh, fantastic. That'll be a lot of fun for her. And they're like, here's the thing, though. It needs to be assembled, and we elect you to do it, and it's going to take over three hours to do. Oh, my God. What is this, an <laughs> Ikea kitchen set? It felt very much like an Ikea set. Oh, my God. It was all pictures on how to assemble, and it was out of order, and none of the, the shapes totally didn't match up. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Okay, so they couldn't have just gotten the little tyke set that just- I know. Plastic pieces, you click them together, and then that's it? That's Nope, nope, didn't get that one. <laughs> so how did that go? Was it okay? It went okay. I surprisingly have the patience- for that and it was oh, uh, I, have, I have no idea where it came from because I very much felt like Chief O'Brien you know like I started like oh. sitting down and I kind of laid everything out and I was just, honestly I was just like Chief O'Brien would complain but he'd get it done and that's very much what I did <laughs> so you drank some Ractagino focused went to work and then that was it three hours later you have a kitchen set side note I really want to know what in-universe Ractagino tastes like. I know that there have been blends made saying like, oh, this is Ractagino. No, it's just Arabic coffee with a name slapped on it. I, for some reason, I just want to know what just once. I, and, and of course, you'd know how I would order it. Double strong, double sweet. Well, is there any other way? Uh, not that I know of. And yeah. I just, there's so many times that I wish that you could taste what that was like. And I hate it when people don't play along when they're like, oh, I wonder what that tastes like. They're like, oh, that's just a... Uh, that's just a Cheeto wrapped in dust. And I'm just like, yes, I know how it was made for the show. I want to you know, know what it was I like. I want to make the real thing. I know. Like, I, that's one of those things that I'll never get away from. No matter how old I get, I'll, <laughs> I'll always you have know, that yearning. I would love to think that somewhere out there on the interwebs, there is a recipe that you could possibly recreate. Yeah. Like maybe there's some that Colomini... He answered in an interview, in my mind, it's it tasted like this, and that's how I imagined it, but I really doubt that happened. Uh, probably not, but you know what? That would be a great convention question. <laughs> See what he says, and then bam, that's it. That's canon, because it came from him. <laughs> or I don't know, maybe if you can't get him, get Iris Stephen Bear or somebody who has probably much more knowledge of Ractagino than we ever will. Let's get it from the experts, and then, then let's replicate it and drink it. Let's just I think that. that's the thing. Uh, you need to go towards the producers, the Irish Stephen Bears, the writers, not the not the actors, because you know the actors would just go, "I what? I don't yeah, there was care." Nothing in what? that cup, okay? <laughs> actors don't water. actually drink on set. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Okay, so let's hit up Iris Stephen Bear. Is he? He's on Twitter, right? I, I think know. so. I need I need to start following him. Yeah, I I don't think I actually do. I don't follow all the Trek people. There's too many people, and I try to keep my list somewhat condensed down because if I follow you, I actually want to read what you have to say. But one thing that our listeners can do on Twitter is find us on Twitter at Join Nerd Party, and they can also find us all over on, uh, on the social media on Facebook.com slash The Nerd Party. You can find us on Instagram. You can find all this stuff, including our back episodes, at TheNerdParty.com. And one other thing that you need to know is that we're running out of weeks. We're running out of shows where you guys can write us a review and then enter in a chance to win a Star Trek novel by Dayton Ward. That's right. It's drastic measures, and there is somebody in that novel that has a very similar name to mine. <laughs> just, just saying, that's kind of why we're giving away this book in particular, aside from the fact that it is a newer release. So I recently finished the book, and it's nice. really good. I had a great time. There's a couple of really big surprises in there. So this is your chance, guys, to get it for free. All you got to do is leave us a review on iTunes, and you're entered. The deadline is April 20th. That's when we're going to announce the winner on all the social channels, and then we'll reach out and then find a way to contact each other. So if you haven't left us a review yet, now is the time. Please, please, please get those reviews in and do not wait. And if you uh, do wait and you do it right before April 20th and it hasn't been released yet in iTunes, make sure to give us a screenshot of it because it does take some time for reviews to pop up in the store. So make a screenshot and send it to us in the various ways on social media or via email at punchit at thenerdparty.com. Good call. Yes, it does take a couple of days for those to show up on iTunes. So if you are last minute, that's what you do. Our topic for the week is something that just kind of kind of blew out of my mind last minute. I said, hey, what about this? And he said, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to think about all of the characters in all of the Star Trek series and think about the characters that we would just modify a little bit. If we were writing them, what sort of modification would we make to make this character a little more lovable, a little better, uh, maybe a little more relatable. It, it, it might vary between what quality we're going to change with each character, but we're going to go through all of the series and talk about the things that we would do to make Trek characters even better than they were. And nothing crazy, nothing drastic like, oh, I want to make Kira a male blacksmith human from the 16th century. No, like nothing, no. nothing like that. No, no, no. These have to be realistic adaptations, and I think we're talking really minor tweaks Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we're not going to make drastic things where it's suddenly not that character anymore. We're going to take the basic structure, but just we're going to change just like maybe one or two minor things that just really enhance who the character is. You know, I started looking and I'm actually looking at a piece of artwork right now. That's every single main Star Trek character. Oh, I love and that thing. I know everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's You've um, seen it. Yeah, it's by Nightwing 1975 on DeviantArt. Everybody knows it. Everybody's seen it. It's just fantastic. It's just so much fun. It's stylized. It's great. But I'm taking a look, and I know this is going to sound weird, and this is going to sound schmaltzy, but I love these guys. I love all of these characters. I mean, like, yes, there are some that I love more than others, and <laughs> but I'm just taking a look at it, and it just makes me so nostalgic, and it's it's the reason why we do this show. It's the reason why we're talking about Star Trek for the past 50 years, over 50 years. And 
it's just I'm I'm taking a look at these these characters. This is going to be hard because even though like none of these characters are perfect, and there's always storylines we wish that happened or little attributes that are just like oh that feels a little weird. It's just I love these guys so much <laughs> that it's going to be hard to like pick someone because you're like like oh you know like Cisco. What would I change about him? Nothing because he's awesome. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because as I was thinking of people and going through the original series cast. That was actually the series I had the hardest time thinking, oh, who would I modify and how would I do it? I have the best non-answer for that series. I could not actually pick anybody. And here's the reason why. The reason why is because the modifications that I would make don't actually fall in line with Gene Roddenberry's idealized vision for humanity in the future, meaning things like, We've overcome things like poverty and disease and addiction and things of that nature. Humans are smarter in the future. They don't make as many stupid mistakes as we do today. And mm-hmm. therefore, that takes away a lot of problems that create drama. So actually, just jumping into it, the one thing that I thought of for the original series, the modification that I would have made, and, the, and I totally understand why this could not happen, because it would have gotten the show pulled from the air immediately. And the reason why it didn't happen is the real life answer the fact that george takei did not get to play the first gay character on star trek oh you know he and gene roddenberry even talked about possibly making sulu a gay character but they knew that doing so would have canned the show instantly it never would have happened in the 1960s okay so did they actually talk about it like did they did they discuss it because i remember that when when it came out that sulu was gay in beyond star trek beyond yes. i remember george takei came out against it and saying that that wasn't ronberry's vision that was not ronberry's view of the character well this hap- this conversation that i'm referring to happened way back when i think it was a very brief meeting where it wasn't necessarily the most serious thing i think they explored the possibility gene roddenberry knew that george takei was gay and I did not know that. It, yeah. And really? I think this might have been, yeah, I think George Takei talked sure? about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like while they were filming, because I didn't think he was out. I think he was much more private about it, but I think between he or between him and Gene, yes, they did know. He I've told never him. heard that before. That's, that's yes. crazy. So I think George Takei maybe would have, or maybe said to him, hey, wouldn't it be great if, and Gene said, yes, I would love to do that, but the show would never air. So it wasn't really a formal conversation like... Oh, no, no, like, no. I don't okay. think it was that at all. It was just kind of a, a little thing in the ether that happened for a split second. It would have been great if they could have done that, but they were already pushing so many other boundaries that one more thing would have just had the producers saying, okay, enough, you're through. Yeah, we couldn't even have a female first officer back then <laughs> right i mean you have the alien you have a black lady on the bridge we've <laughs> we gotta be taking baby steps here so we, we have a russian you know at the uh, at right. the helm like we uh there's no way we're going to be able to have a gay male japanese individual unfortunately no the world of tv was just not ready to put that out there yet so that's my big non-answer for TOS because the <laughs> other thing I thought of was behind the scenes, Grace Lee Whitney, who played Yeoman Rand, she was struggling with alcoholism in her real mm. life, right? And eventually mm-hmm. that's why she left the show. Wouldn't it have been great to have addressed that on the show? But there's no alcoholism in the 23rd century on, on board the USS Enterprise. It just doesn't happen. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think you're right, and I, I, uh, I think that's a that is definitely an interesting take for TOS. With mine, it's I, I guess I'm I'm it's borderline character tweaks to producer tweaks. You know, like what I'm what I've talked about or what I have on my list. You know, where it's just like, oh, are we really talking about personality tweaks, or are we talking about, oh, it'd be cool if they did this kind of thing? With my answer, like mine was kind of a focus on Uhura as well as Scotty because. One thing that I loved when I was a kid, absolutely loved, was in Star Trek Final Frontier when, uh, uh, not Savick, not Sarek, Spock's brother, Cybok, jeez, I was blanking on Cybok's name, bad nerd, bad nerd. You lose points. When Cybok took over the Enterprise, they, you know, like I remember like Scotty got knocked out by hitting his head and then Uhura wakes him up and then they talk about how, you know, like Cybok is brought up old feelings and made them come to a realization and she kind of she kind of touches scotty in an intimate way and i was so in love with that i shipped it hard like that was did you really that was one of my biggest ships before i even knew what the term meant when i was a kid and no kidding i wanted to see that in the series so bad i wanted them to explore that in like i know it's kind of hard because Every single episode of TOS could be jumbled around, you know, like you you could watch them out of order and everything would make sense. But I would love to see some sort of arc between the two of them where I never want to see them actually go through with it. So that way it makes sense in Final Frontier. But I want the flirtation to happen, like kind of the way that Uhura did that with Spock, where she's like, what does a Vulcan do like when he looks up at the moonlight or or something like that? I can't remember Uh the exact quote, but she's clearly doing something, flirting with him or teasing him. And that's when Spock says, oh, Vulcan has no moons. You know? <laughs> um, that's what I would love to see, like a tweak to her character and Scotty's character to make that a little bit more apparent. So you would want a little bit more of a flirtation between the two? Yes, I would want to make them more flirty towards each other, yeah. I wonder if that would have actually flown had they done that. Maybe even show like uh, Scotty get a little jealous when, they, when he finds out that Kirk and Uhura kissed on the planet. <laughs> you know, That would have like been that. kind of funny. But I, I always, I never shipped Uhura and Scotty because I always thought in the original series, if she was going to get flirty with anybody, it was Spock. No. No. But. Screw yeah. that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what about TNG? Well, the very first person that I thought of when I thought about the answer to this question, the first person that came to mind was Wesley Crusher. Oh, obvious answer. Very obvious answer. Yeah, I realize that's an obvious answer, but you know what? One little minor tweak makes him such a better person. (laughs) And all you have to do is take away the boy genius aspect. You know what? Hmm. Make Make him a gifted kid. Make him smart. But you know what? I think we would have really gotten behind Wesley Crusher and his pursuit of going to the academy and becoming a model Starfleet officer if he had to have worked for it. I mean, we knew Wesley was going to get into the Academy. They tried to create some false drama showing just how difficult it is. But what if they had taken away the boy genius who saved the ship aspect of it and just made him a boy who worked really hard, put in a lot of extra time, maybe even used his resources from being on the Enterprise to his advantage to give him an edge, but make us cheer him on, make him earn it, make us root for him. Let us celebrate his breakthroughs and then when he does have his massive pitfall in the first duty, make us fall to the ground and hit it with him. Make us break our hearts over that. Okay, so you you don't want to make him average. You just don't want to make everything come so easy for him. Yes. 
Yes, I just okay. want to see him as a kid with a lot of promise, but show how difficult it is because you do have to work so hard. You have to be dedicated. Starfleet's not for everyone. And that would make his fall from grace when the whole Red Squad thing happened a little bit more impactful. Like if he worked right? that much harder for it and we realized that it would be kind of a little bit like Nog's storyline. Right, like you you do all of this work and then this happens? Really? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? But that's how easily all of that hard work can get thrown away. Okay, so I, th- I think the crux of it is is that you want Wesley to be more relatable than just this superboy genius who yeah. can do anything that he wants. And I think that's all you have to do. Okay, I think I can get on board with that. I can. Get I mean, on board I that. know that completely goes against Gene Roddenberry's vision for that character, but I'm sorry, it just did not work. In hindsight, I would have taken away the whole genius thing before it ever began. Just no. My answer, like, because that's a good one, and I kind of want to steal it. Too bad. But my answer is for Yar, Tasha Yar. Ooh, what would you do? I love Tasha Yar. I, I would have loved to have seen what the show looked like if she stayed on. Absolutely. Uh-huh. It's, she was actually a, a fan favorite in the Riddell household when I was growing up. Hmm. And we, at the, I don't remember at the time because I was one, but when she died and when she was taken away, um, I just remember my family just constantly talked about it whenever they brought it up. Like even at season four and season five, they're just like, oh man, Yar wouldn't have let this happen. You know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> so they were pretty furious when she died so suddenly. Very much so. They were. And what I would do to tweak this character, even though I love the character, I would not make her so obviously aggressive. Really? Okay. Why would you do that? And why would that suit the character? I think with Yar, they were trying to overcompensate. Like there was a a few times when she would just like like start screaming on the bridge towards Captain Picard, like, Captain, it is my duty to protect this ship and I will do you know, and just like to start screaming. You're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, professional atmosphere (laughs) here. You know, settle down, settle down, simmer, simmer. And I felt like because she was a female head of security, that the writers felt like she had something to prove. Oh, maybe. in the 24th century, she wouldn't have something to prove. She wouldn't have a glass ceiling to break through. She wouldn't have to have a chip on her shoulder. She wouldn't have to be overly aggressive. Now, again, that could just be her personality, but that's what we're changing. We're tweaking. We're we're changing personality. I would make her much more calm and cool and collected, almost like a kind of a secret agent rather than just a blunt object where she was much more of a Garrick type sensibility. Not, don't take that too literally, but you know, someone who has been in the trenches, maybe has been a spy or because of she had to disguise herself. Not, I'm not talking about like a prosthetic wig or anything like that, but just like <laughs> she had to. That's exactly what I'm imagining right now. <laughs> she had to infiltrate. She had to, I don't know. I just wanted her skills to be a little bit more specific and uh, subterfuge and, and everything like that instead of just like, I'm chief of security and so I want to blast everything and I'm going to hit everything and I'm going to scream. I want something a little bit more subtle from her. Interesting. Now, I think had she stayed on the show over time, I really do think that she would have cooled out. One thing that I think does kind of lend herself to that kind of characterization, that aggressive, in your face, I'm going to scream and yell, is the fact that her background really wasn't that great. She didn't grow up on Mm. Earth. She grew up on a horrible planet with rape gangs. And I mean, they gave her that backstory where things were not good. She was not safe. 
she didn't have a whole lot of stability. And so I think maybe from that kind of a perspective, you have to be in your face. You have to be very direct. You have to be aggressive because if you don't do it, someone else is going to either do it for you and you're not going to like the way it happens or you're going to be snowed. You might be dead. Yeah. So I think maybe that's where that aggression comes from. But you know what would have been interesting is if over the years we would have watched her chill out a little bit over time, just realizing that the Enterprise, even though, I mean, space is not a completely safe place, obviously, but this might have become as much of home as Tasha Yar has ever known and as much security and peace and calm as she has ever known. And as a result of that, she can come to a more of a peaceful existence herself. Mm -hmm. Now, that would have been kind of cool. I think she definitely would have mellowed over the years because Worf did it. I mean, we basically got that right. arc with him. So I think we we would have instead gotten that with Yar. And I mean, I actually wonder what Worf would have looked like over the years. And also if he would have gone to Deep Space Nine if Yar stayed for the rest of the show. I think that's a very interesting. Th- we should talk Ooh. about that. Like how, how would TNG look if Yar stayed on and what the, how that would affect Worf? We, we, that's we a totally great what that. if. We ought to do that. Let's put that in the idea bank. Awesome. All right, so let's go ahead and move on because we're running out of time here. So we're, let's, uh, Yeah, while well, we're sucking down the clock really fast. Well, DS9, the person I would modify is Keiko. Oh, I was... Same here. Let's talk about <laughs> I mean, it. She, yeah, she has this horrible reputation for being that nagging wife. And since DS9 aired in the 90s, what I really wish they would have done with any of the female characters is made her, in particular, I think she would have been a great candidate for this, made her the super mom. So many women in the 90s were trying to do it all. They had the kids. They were trying to manage a career. They were trying to maintain happy marriages. They were trying to do it all because that was kind of the expectation. Mm -hmm. Where suddenly, I mean, that's sort of kind of where things were at at that point where women did not stay home. You had to work a job and a lot of people were career focused. So they had to be entrenched in that. And just you're wearing several hats and you're being pulled in so many directions Well, for Keiko, that's perfect. She's got the kids. She's got the spouse. She's got the career. And on top of that, when they move to DS9, this is a change in location for her. She also kind of changes careers. She goes from being a botanist to a school teacher, which I didn't fully ever understand. But had they gone into a little more depth about that, we could have gotten a little more introspective about Keiko. And maybe there was a really good reason as to why she wanted to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. We could have explored that and it would have made her, I think, a little more relatable. And I think a lot of people might have related more to her had she been portrayed in that light of trying to do it all and maybe succeeding only so much because it's really hard to do that. I was kind of going in the, (laughs) if this makes sense, in the same vein, but also at the opposite where it would be interesting to see her be the super mom who isn't trying to quote-unquote have it all because in the 90s that would have been like you said like in the 90s that was very much a focus of I'm the woman who gets married has a kid is a great mom and also has a great career and has time to do everything I would have loved to have seen her struggle a little bit more with like an either or type choice and it's a little bit easier in the 21st century because you don't have to worry about money but they they did explore you know like her being away for great periods of time I would have liked to have seen Keiko not take Molly with her so much. And Ooh. I guess this is a little bit more about O'Brien, but like I would have loved to have seen O'Brien the father come out a little bit more. Like so by tweaking Keiko, making her less naggy, 
and not taking not taking Molly as much, I think it would have developed her a little bit more, a little make her a little bit more career focused, and we have a reason why she's a little bit more career focused. And then we get to see the stay at home dad with with O'Brien a whole lot more, or see that struggle and how he balances work and career and his friendship with Bashir and everything like that while still trying to be a good dad. Now, I know that once once his son came along, we we discovered that a little bit more, but it still wasn't enough for me. I felt like it was it was too focused on the weirdness with Kira being pregnant and Oh yeah, you know, that whole and, thing. Oh. And Keiko, I didn't mind that storyline as much. Uh and Keiko taking Molly away. I I don't know. I would have liked to have seen that a bit more, if that makes sense. I would have loved to have had a conversation between Keiko and O'Brien where they actually talk about the fact that, hey, maybe she has been away for a really long time. And is this working out? I mean, is there something else that they should be doing so that they can be together as a family a little more? Maybe O'Brien has worn down being the single father role for maybe a month at a time, maybe longer. And meanwhile, Keiko is with Molly and maybe she's worn down by that and she's really sick of not being able to see Miles and her son later on. I mean, I would have loved to have had a little more family talk, to be quite honest. Yeah, same here. Same here. So going on to Voyager, I cannot wait for your answer on this. (sighs) Just because we're such Voyager fans, we've talked Voyager to exhaustion, yet I do not know what you're going to say. But my answer is Tom Paris. What I would have done is I would have extended his archetype a little bit because in season one, he was, you know, kind of the quote, ladies man slash bad boy, but they cooled him out really fast. He fell in line. He became a good Starfleet officer. And even though they tried to play with this a little bit in season two, like when he leaves the ship and it's all really a ruse for Mm -hmm. the, for the Kazon storyline and all of that. Yeah, I really, I would have kept him in that mode just a little bit more. I wouldn't have smoothed him out nearly as fast because everybody kind of fell in line a little too quickly. And I would have kept him going until maybe about season three, about the time when he starts flirting with Bellana. And then you kind of wonder, is he really serious about this? How into her is he really? Then we can kind of see him actually, yes, fall in line because he's really serious about this. He really is falling in love. He's going to put all of that behind and focus on a marriage and a solid relationship because finally that's what he wants. But until then, that's what I would have done. I think that's interesting. And you know how much I love Tom. Uh, yeah. So any kind of uh, variation or any kind of more emphasis that Tom gets, I- I'm a fan of. Uh, with me personally, though, uh, I put my attention towards Seven. Okay, what would you have done? Now, we've talked about Seven so much over the years, and we've talked about the good things about her and the bad things and the good writing and the bad writing. My main thing, and this is, I don't know if this if I can get away with this, because this is a little bit more than a subtle tweak, but I would emphasize more growth with her and have that growth happen faster. Some people would have said, oh, she didn't have enough growth. Well, that's what I'm saying is that like she didn't have enough growth. And and so like I, I'm with those people where I wanted to see her out of the cat suit and in a uniform and not just for the visual aesthetics. I wanted to see that as progression. I wanted to see her more integrated into the crew. And I know that this like she only had four seasons, but and, and I know that, it, you know, change takes a long time, especially growth in humanity for someone as as damaged as her and going through that much trauma. I understand that. But we're dealing with sci fi television here. It's television. So we can, uh, you know, we can advance things just like a pregnancy. We can advance thing at a crazy event. Right. Uh, but with seven, I would have loved to 
have seen the fantasy that was her relationship with holographic Chakotay be a little bit more realistic, as in have that happen in real life. Where Instead she, of tacked on at the end. Yes, where and I'm not saying necessarily with Chakotay. I'm saying have her get her own quarters. Have her get a uniform. Have her go on dates and not be weird or awkward you know and and like and you know and not say it not make it so she's instantly human you know 100 human and, and nothing with borg like have it be where she can have a modal a mobile what's a digger you know um alcove. no like a oh, mobile alcove. alcove where like she it's like a it's like a sleep apnea machine she just puts it on her nightstand next to her bed and she <laughs> regenerates you know and so it it kind of eases her into a normal sleep pattern and normal food and everything like that and so that's what I would have loved. And I know that sounds major, It's but my tweak is faster and more important growth to her road to humanity instead of just screaming individual, individual, individual at Janeway every other episode. <laughs> yeah, that did get a little tired. I think one way you really could have justified that whole thing is what did the Borg do? They adapt. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That's what you have known your whole life. This is a new way for you to adapt. And since she is so good at everything, she's going to adapt really fast. I would have loved to have seen that. And it would have maybe kind of been cool to have seen her have those early dating missteps with somebody. Please not Chakotay. Just please. No. (laughs) Uh, But somebody. And then eventually toward those latter seasons where maybe she really does have her first serious relationship. We can see just how far she would have gone. That would have been cool. Like, have that relationship happen over season seven instead yeah. of just in the last episode. <laughs> yeah, guys. Why? No. Awful. So that might have actually been a good progression. Even though for as much as they did focus on her, and they did grow her a lot, well, I don't know. That might have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going on to Enterprise. One thing I would have done with one of my very favorite characters, uh, and I actually... Use this answer for one of your Star Trek questions of the day recently. And that was Phlox. He was an underused character. They gave him a great characterization. They gave him a lot of potential, but they really highly underutilized him, I thought. And Mm. one of the aspects that they didn't really address nearly enough, in my opinion, was the fact that Denobulans are polyamorous. I would have loved to have had even one episode where he has to address his family life a little more. And what is that like? How chaotic is it where you're managing multiple spouses and children and things of that nature? Maybe there's something that just he has to go back home and address. I would have loved the exploration of that because polyamory is not something that's not terribly common and it's certainly not uh, considered mainstream Mm -hmm. in our culture and in today's world. So I would have loved to have shown that on Enterprise. I would have loved to even had him talk about it more. You and I have both talked about uh, Phlox and his polyamorous nature and and how much we, like we've talked about it many times about how we've loved what would have seen it. And I'm openly fascinated with the concept. I don't participate, but I'm openly fascinated by it. Yeah, and I, am, I know for some I, people it really does work. And I would have loved to have seen that in a sci-fi 
context. And I think like you, you hit it on the head towards the end, like have an event happen where he has to go back home. That happens all the time in Star Trek. We saw it with T'Pol and Vulcan and everything like that. Right. Like have him go back to Denobula and we get to see him like all packed together in like crazy cities where there's hardly any alone time and there's always someone around and, and see what that home life looks like. Like even from the, the stance of an architecture standpoint, how does a house look like when you have that many husbands and wives? And yeah, like, are they all living together? I'm assuming that they do. Yeah, are they? Or are they not? Like, right. do they have connected apartments? Is there still some sort of individuality? Right. Or is, the, is it all just like a dormitory? You know, like, what does it look like? Yeah, like, are there separate wings for each branch of the family? Uh, I mean, there's so many possibilities there that we just don't know because they never went there. Mm-hmm. That would be really, really cool. Like it would be, and even just visually, aside from things like houses, like watching families of about 20 people, one guy, several wives, several children walking down the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that work? And then maybe one of the wives, she sees her other husband. Hey, what are you doing? Come join us. Things like that. Yeah, that's all fascinating. Although I have to call you on this. This is not really a personality tweak. No, it's really not. It's more of an enhanced an enhancement of something that was already there. This was the best that I could think of, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) So there's yet another non-answer that I'm throwing out here, but what have you got then? Uh, With me, I mean, the obvious answer is Travis Mayweather. That just seems too easy. I I know, and I'm not not, not going with him. That's why I didn't do it. I didn't do it, because the thing is, my my thing with Travis Mayweather is basically start over. Just (laughs) try again. Like it honestly. He was born like, in space. We know that. Keep going. What else is there? Exactly. Like there's just too much to grow on. There's too much to do, and so it's just basically do a reset. It's a blank slate. Blank slate. And I know some people probably very much disagree with me, and that's fine. This is just a personal opinion, and this is no offense to the actor. I just, oh my gosh, just start over. You know, raise it to the ground. With Malcolm, is somebody who I'd like to focus on. And I would have loved to have seen him uh, invent more. Oh, really? I would have loved to have seen him kind of be that Scotty-esque legend of... I know that he's not the engineer, but I would have loved to have seen him kind of... We flirted with the idea of Red Alert. Like, he was the one who started Red Alert because... Like they made that in-universe joke where he's just like, we need some sort of, some sort of warning, like like an all, you know, like an, a ship-wide announcement. And they said, that, and like I think Trip it was said it was like, well, you know, you're developing it, call it Read Alert. And he's like, Read Alert. That has a nice ring to it. Read Alert. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah, it's yeah. it's cheeky. It's a wink to the camera. But I liked that where they were going because I would have loved to have seen him be the progenitor of some of the stuff that we see in the 23rd and 24th century. I would have loved to have seen maybe actually have some like where we watch an episode of next generation and they're using this this piece of technology or this method and they're and we're just like oh my god that was totally developed by malcolm reed i saw that happen i would have loved to have seen that happen more that would have been really cool and reed was one of those characters who did not get enough love and it would have been really uh, fun to have had those moments where you kind of question is this guy a, just a superior genius and he's really holding out on us where he has those moments where something like read alert comes out and you're just like, whoa, what else is in this guy's brain? Right. Because exactly. he is kind of a mysterious dude. We don't f- ever fully know him. 
And so that I love that direction. That's really good. So did you have anybody for Discovery or is it too early? You know what I would have done for uh, Discovery, and this changes things, of course, so this is not real, is I would I would not have made Commander Landry such a loyal dummy because she dies twice in the Mirror <laughs> Universe as well as in the Prime Universe. And I always thought when she died in the Prime Universe, it eventually, like when we got to the whole Mirror storyline, I thought, oh, maybe she's the Mirror counterpart that's why she was so loyal to Lorca that makes some sense and then no no it wasn't and then it made zero sense and so I thought don't make her such a dummy and don't make her so steadfastly loyal to where she just gets annihilated by Ripper when she didn't need to because that was a completely stupid pointless thing she just she comes off awful in it that. felt it felt like a death on Lost on the TV show Lost that was <laughs> they just needed to get rid of the character real quick yeah and why what for so that was dumb, and I didn't like it, and so I would make her question things just a little more. Well, for me, it's a little too early to kind of comment because it's just season one, and you don't know if they're going to explore this stuff in the future. Yeah. But my gut reaction from season one is don't make the lead so – don't make Michael so wooden. I understand that she's a human raised by Vulcans. I get it, okay? But there's so many times when you're just like – uh, it come. I know what you're trying to do, and it just comes across as bad acting. Oh, really? See, I think there's some, or I think there's some moments where it's being portrayed beautifully, where I see her struggling between trying to keep in her emotions, and then she's not though. I get that, and I agree with you. There are those moments, but just overall, it just feels awkward and weird, and I just can't think of another better word than wooden. And the thing is, is that. You know, as the show goes on, I'm sure we're going to see her progress. We're going to see her change. We're going to see her mellow out. And so that's why I'm saying it's a little bit early. But that was my that was my knee jerk reaction to season one of Discovery. Yeah. Well, yeah, time will definitely tell on that just because we're so early in this show. Right. Okay. well, that is our list. These are the modifications that we would make to make the Star Trek characters that we love already that much more lovable. And I want I want to know now from our listeners, what do you guys think? Do you disagree with our picks? Let us know. If you have other picks, let us know what they are. You mentioned at the top of the show, Tristan, we're on Twitter. My handle is oh, the profanity. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at the insane Robin, and you can email us by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact and selecting punch it from the drop down menu. So please write us in. If we have any really amazeball responses, we'll maybe uh, address those at the top of the next show. So until then, though. We've punched up a few characters, and next week, we're going to punch up something else entirely. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.